Hello everyone, welcome back to Talk Talks. This is episode 12, and today we have Officer Edward Blackburn, who is our armed security officer at the Oxford Center. Uh, yes, we do have armed security. Um, it's something that was kind of an easy, easy decision for us. The world is not the same when I grew, grew up, and uh, we take security very seriously. Um, we have many security features about our building and our, our campus here, and Officer Blackbird is one of those. So uh, we're going to get into it. He did an awesome seminar for police officers that we'll talk about a little bit later. And uh, he also um, really tightens things up here. And <laughs> it's, he keeps things under control, and it's great. So um, welcome. Thank welcome you. Welcome to the program. Me. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Glad so, to be here. It's awesome. So the first thing I question I have for you is tell me a little bit about your career. Where did, where did you come from? What brought you to this? Okay, so uh, I've got about 40 years of uh, combined public and private sector wow. security, um, corrections. I worked in uh, public law enforcement. Uh, I've been a director of public safety at Wayne County Community College District. I started there as a lieutenant. Awesome. Got promoted to associate dean. I oversaw the uh, Homeland Security uh, uh, continuing education program there. Yep. I was a, a field agent with the Michigan Department of Corrections for uh, about 12 years. Uh, during that 12-year period, uh, I became an embedded agent. I worked uh, uh, with the Detroit Police Department uh, Violent Crimes Task Force. Uh, I worked on a non-fatal shooting team. So I've been embedded with uh, ATF, mm -hmm. uh, DEA, FBI, uh, Interpol. Uh, so most of my training has come uh, in the private sector, but I've also had an opportunity to work with them as well. Um, I was a criminal justice instructor at the University of Phoenix. Awesome. Uh, I have, uh, in terms of my educational background, I have an associate's degree in legal administration. Of course, a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Right, who who it. does it? <laughs> and a master's degree in security administration. So what got me here was uh, I'm also a licensed private investigator. So I had some contracts that were expiring. So Got I was kind of looking around for some, something that would uh, kind of fit uh, my demeanor, my temperament, being older now. Uh, I'm not the running guy, I mean running gun person I used to be. So right. <laughs> uh, I was looking around and I saw an advertisement on Indeed uh, for uh, Oxford Recovery Center, not knowing what it was, but right. it, seemed, it seemed like it was a good fit. You know, yeah. a retired police officer, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And so uh, I applied, I sent my resume and cover letter in, and uh, uh, there was a response in Indeed from somebody named Jamie yep. to take this <laughs> aptitude test. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay, I've taken those before. And right. so, you know, you, you ask the questions, strongly agree, strongly dis disagree. And so I got a response back right away uh, for an interview. And I, I, I had no idea what I was walking into, so I came, uh, of course, uh, I have a lot of uh, employment experience. Part of that was from my parents. Yeah. You know how 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 to how to approach it. Uh, right. Your demeanor, your temperament, your your dress. Your dress. So to pause. I remember when you walked in here for the interview. Right. Uh, you'll never see him like this here because he wears all his tech, you know, uh, gear and everything uh, to the to the works. But he came in in the most beautiful suit <laughs> with a bow tie all dappered out just to the nines. Thank you. And I remember uh, after your interview, because um, uh, you did a tour and everything, and I, I wouldn't say, hire that guy. Hire that guy. He's a big dude. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He's sharp. He's, he's got it together. Hire that guy. Thank you. And she did. Yeah. So I, uh, I took the test, had the interview, 
And uh, so when I first pulled up, I didn't quite know what to make of it. Mm -hmm. It's not a uh, daycare center. It's right. not a nursery school. It's not a middle school. So when I walked in and I saw the uh, the infrastructure, how it was laid out, mm -hmm. it kind of reminded me of uh, Disneyland, yeah, uh, Sesame Street, <laughs> and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Right. All kind of wrapped up in one. So uh, I interviewed with Tammy. And uh, she said, I'm going to tell you about you and who you are. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> good luck with that, right? So I, have, uh, I had a Franklin planner, and I was going to take notes. And she was so direct and so to the point, it just yeah. blew me away. I, right. I had no response at all. So it went from that to basically a conversation. And so uh, uh, I mentioned to her that the compensation package would have to match my experience. She said, no problem. Next. Right. I was like, okay. So she took me on a tour, and she said, uh, we have some more candidates to interview, and somebody will be in touch. This was a Wednesday. Thursday morning, uh, I'm in bed, and my wife woke me up and said, uh, you need to check your email. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check it when I get up. No, you need to check it now. So I got up, and I went in my office, and I looked, and I saw two attachments. One was from a Dr. Tammy Peterson, right. and one was from Jamie. So I opened the one from Dr. Peterson. It was an offer letter. Right. And everything that I had prayed for, everything that I always wanted in my career but never really got, I got it in, in that letter. Yep. And so I clicked on the one from Jamie and Indeed to uh, start the onboarding process. And I was just so elated and yeah. so excited. And so uh, Jamie called me and said, oh, by the way, can you start this Saturday? Because right. that's an open opening. house, right? Yeah. I said, I can start today. Yep. <laughs> I, remember, I remember when you walked in that back door. I was right in front of Tammy's yes, office. You, were. you came in. Not like you were dressed for the interview. You came in for work. You Correct. came in to exactly. the nines, uh, yeah. ready for any situation that Correct. life could have thrown. So I, I absolutely love it. Thank you. So back to your, um, it, we're so happy to have you here. And literally, you wouldn't believe all the, the stuff that he's put together as far as planning, you know, um, for, for different, any situation. It's, it's written down. It's in books. It's, it's taught, you know, throughout the entire center, uh, whether it's a tornado or God forbid, an active shooter or, you know, an earthquake, anything, we've got it. You know, he's put it all together and, and trained people. Um, but I do want to go back to, uh, I love talking to police officers, um, love supporting the blue and whatnot, and um, I love to hear the stories. Um, tell me, I want two stories, if you can, off the top of your head. First, what was, what was the scariest situation you found yourself in? Okay, so January 7th, 1990, at 7.55 p.m., I was working traffic enforcement at 8 Mile, Wyoming, and I was sitting at the traffic light facing uh, eastbound on 8 Mile, and a car blew through the red light, which activated my, my beam. So I pulled him over at uh, 8 Mile in Stopo in front of a, um, I think it was Wendy's. Mm -hmm. And so uh, based on my training, I kind of had a feeling this is probably going to be different because he gave me what police officers refer to as the felony look, which means that I can see him through his rear view mirror, but he can't see me. But I saw his eyes, and he had that, that certain glare, and I said, something is wrong. So I walked up, and he gave me his license, registration, and proof of insurance. And when I walked back, I said, he's still giving me the same look. And so I looked at his license. I looked at him because uh, I, I, had, I had the car illuminated so I could see him. Is this at night? This is at night, Got yeah, 7.55 p.m. Yep. So I walked back up and I said, sir, can you step out of the car? And he said, for what? And so he got out the car and I was able to stop him right in between the door and the car and put his hands on top of the hood. He was wearing a shearling coat. 
So as I patted him down around his midsection, I could feel uh, a firearm. But by the time I reached for it, he reached for it at the same time. We got into a, just, just a little tussle. He turned and fired one shot, hitting me in, in my hip. And at, at that time, I was carrying a 45 revolver, which is bigger than a, a 44. Right. So, so much for Magnum Force and Clint right. Eastwood. No, there's one bigger. <laughs> and, the, and the rounds are pretty big. And I just unloaded all, all six. And yeah. uh, it wasn't something that was planned. It just based on my training and, and, and my reflexes. So I went down and uh, I called for officer, officer down, officer shot. And aside from your child being born, there's no greater sound than to hear sirens coming. And they were coming from everywhere. Right. And uh, my, my partner pulled up uh, like r right after I got shot. I mean, the smoke was still in the air. And I said, is he hit, Art? And he said, yeah, he's hit. He's hit. And then another officer from Ferndale pulled up and touched him up, this guy on the shoulder, and his head hit the ground first. And so that was probably the, the scariest, but it wasn't so much that I feared the, the incident, it's being caught off guard. Right. So uh, uh, thanks to my training, uh, the, the, not just the training, Andrew, but also uh, uh, going to the range, practicing different things, uh, tr different traffic stops, uh, three of the most, I guess, dangerous things for a police officer, family trouble runs, uh, yeah. uh, traffic stops, and being caught off guard somewhere, right. uh, armed robbery or something like that. So that was probably the wow. That's probably the worst. Wow. Now I I like because I know I, if I remember correctly, didn't you aren't you uh, certified in like suicide or uh, prevention or yeah, lockdown so, uh, or whatever? Yeah, that's yeah. Called? I have a lot of certifications, but I, I don't want to bore you with that. But uh, I have one as a crisis prevention and intervention instructor, yes. and also have one as a use of force instructor. Awesome. Do you have any um, Do you have any stories that? made you cry for something good, like um, you affected somebody in some way, you changed somebody's life. I know those are sometimes hard to come by because um, it seems like police are there to clean up a mess, um, but sometimes that mess helps somebody. Yeah, when I was a, a corrections officer, uh, I was a parole and a probation agent, so I didn't work in the prison. I actually oh, had a caseload. So I dealt with parolees and probationers and uh, from different age groups, some like 17, some of them committed adult crimes, so they were uh, uh, adjudicated in the, in the uh, adult court system. Mm -hmm. And so I had a, I had a 17-year-old uh, who was on, on probation for criminal sexual conduct and some other things too. And he, he had no home life. I mean, his home life was just a shambles. Yeah. His father was in prison, his mother uh, was unemployed, she didn't have any, any any advanced education beyond high school. Mm -hmm. And so he became more of a, uh, I guess a personal case for me because he yeah. would always report and we, we would talk all the time and uh, he, he just, he, he trusted me, he confided in me. And then one day he was killed and uh, I found, I read about it in the paper and he was just about to leave the state. I had arranged through a, what's called an interstate commerce agreement, which means that if, uh, if an offender wants to move out of state uh, what you do is send um, uh, communication to that state saying, hey, he's on probation here, but he wants to live there. Will you accept his probation, yes or no? And nine, times, and nine times out of 10, they will. So I had, I had already set that up for him. And uh, he would call me periodically, even when he was uh, uh, not scheduled to report. Hey, uh, Agent Blackburn, just calling to say, I'm fine. This is what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And then one day I read in the paper that he mm -hmm. was killed, uh, uh, not by his own fault. He was with the wrong person 
at the wrong time, which is basically kind of what happened. So right. that hurt a lot because yeah. he was at a point where he listened and he really wanted someone to give him guidance and direction. Right. And even though I wasn't his dad or anything, uh, he kind of looked up to me. So Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, the literally one of the biggest contributors to, um, I guess I would call it depravity, Correct. you know, uh, right. and especially young men, yep. is the lack of fathers. Sure. Oh, know, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it, it blows my mind, um, and it's it's the fault of everybody. It, it's not the fault of even just the fathers. It's the fault of everybody um, for not having fathers in the home. They mm -hmm. contribute more than anybody can imagine. Correct. You know? And these young kids, man, if they just had a father, you know. Yep. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I know that you did um, a seminar for our police, yes. our local police. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. From what I heard. From the marketing office, it was very successful. They they learned a lot. They had a great time. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what first your passion was for doing that. What was the purpose of it, and then how did it go? Okay, so my purpose was uh, uh, I had a concept, and uh, just in, in reviewing uh, some of these shootings that we've had in the last 20 years, mm -hmm. some of them involve uh, individuals who have mental health issues. Right. That many times the police officers don't know that. They right. just think it's intentional. He's a violent mentor. There's only one way to deal with him. And so as those incidences uh, began to escalate, I said, you know, maybe it's time for us to uh, provide uh, law enforcement agencies in, in, in our area, Brighton, Green Oak Township, State Police, and uh, Livingston County mm -hmm. Sheriff's Department, an opportunity to come and actually participate in a training seminar that would talk about uh, autism in general, how it affects each person differently, uh, some safeguards, some different kind of approaches in terms of dealing with people who have autism. And so uh, uh, I put together a training seminar that mm -hmm. would, you know, maybe not expound or elaborate on it, but would definitely give them uh, some tools to work with in the event that they encounter uh, a person who has autism. Right. And because I've learned a lot since I've been yes. since, since I've been here. It, Same here. Yeah. <laughs> It affects everybody differently. Yeah. And if we could have had this training when I was on the job, it could have it could have uh, probably helped a lot of different situations from from escalating into a you know right. a shooting or you know somebody being uh, uh, I guess choked out for the lack of a better term. Right. So uh, after months of trying to plan because you know Tammy's schedule mm -hmm. very hectic. Tammy does everything. She does. Correct. Her, you know, she's just a CEO. I've never I've never met a harder working CEO. Yeah, than she works harder than me, right? <laughs> I always, try, I always try to top her, but I can't. <laughs> no, no, so no. So anyway, so so uh, trying to uh, coordinate her schedule with all of the various uh, agencies because yeah. everybody was busy. Right. We finally got it done. Yeah. We finally got it done, and I was satisfied with the turnout. Uh, I would have liked to have gotten more, but uh, those who showed up uh, really appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, they had they had a few questions, Andrew, but. Most of these guys don't work the road anymore. Uh, right. There may have been one sergeant there who actually worked the road. Right. So uh, I wanted them to understand uh, the unique challenges of our facility, being that it's uh, seventy thousand plus square feet. Right. Uh, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of glass, okay. lots of windows, yep. lot, lots of doors <laughs> everywhere. Right. And uh, it would be important for them to know not just because of an active shooter, but how to respond and how to get to that immediate area where the emergency is. Okay. Right. It may not be an active shoot. It could be a medical emergency. Right. It, it could be uh, uh, a barricaded gunman or anything. So I think, for the most part, they got that. But uh, you know, as Tammy's often shown me, don't you know, don't uh, don't don't give a lot right away. You know, uh, 
right. give them something to always want to come back. So I've got some more things set up. But I think overall, I think she, she touched on a lot of good points that they didn't know about. Right. I did share with them um, some of my initiatives for this year, which is one to have uh, our active shooter training for, for law enforcement and to train our staff on, uh, on how to deal with an active shooter uh, if something should happen. Right. Uh, because um, we have a very unique population. We uh, do, and I, people don't necessarily think about that. Correct. You know, you know? Our, kids, our kids can't line up and go, and go, okay, all you kids line up, put your hands over your head, we're going to walk out this door. That's not happening no. here. So it's important for them to come and right. you know, see our population, uh, to see how unique it is, uh, right. because our kids don't go outside to play. Right. Uh, so it's, it's kind of hard to, to put in drills for them. Right. Uh, so my focus is now the staff and you know, giving them a, enough training that if something happens, they can you know, grab a child wherever they are right. you know, and do what you need to do. So. Yeah, um, and I think it's, people don't necessarily understand I think if you think about it and you know, you know, a child with autism and you think about putting them in a situation that's chaotic and loud Correct. and yes. uh, what we don't know how they're going to handle it. And every single kid is completely different. Yeah. Um, they may be the same age, the same size, but different mentalities on how they're going to handle all of these situations. Um, so, no, I thought the seminar, I loved the idea as soon as, as soon as you brought it up, um, when you start thinking about um, even my daughter, like. She has no idea if there's an active shooter. Um, mm -hmm. She's going to cry probably because of loud noise, but she's not going to know where to go or, or how to get Correct. there, you know, or the importance of it. So, um, yeah, and just working here long enough and knowing these kids personally, you see some of the challenges Absolutely. about a situation like that, uh, how stress would add to that. So um, that's awesome. I'm glad you were able to get that done, and I'm excited for what you, the next one. And what yes, you bring to the table. Absolutely. I think uh, after doing this one, hopefully we can get more buy-in from police officers, you know, in the area to, to take a little time to come over and to, and to learn. Um, because in the long run, it's going to affect them. If there's a situation here and it is, um, we want to give them the tools to handle it to the best of their ability. Correct. And, and that is information. That's the tool. You know, I, I stress to them, especially there was a special response team coordinator here from Livingston County and uh, I explained to him I said it is going to be crucial that uh, you guys probably won't be the first agency here but you'll be in route to understand that uh, autism affects these kids differently uh, uh, because even even when I'm here right they want to touch and pull not, not that it's intentional it's just how they identify with who I am Right. And so imagine a child who's overstimulated, who, who doesn't really understand what you want them to do. Right. And you, and you rush in, you know, full, 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 full regalia, right. uh, assault rifle, and your job is to find the shooter and stop the threat. Right. Well, these kids don't know that. Right. So it's going to be yep. incumbent upon you guys to be here to understand, because I'm only one person. And I made it very clear to everyone, especially him, uh, that uh, if something happens, my priority is to our most vulnerable, which are our kids. Yep. And I'm going to look for the shooter. So I don't have time to wait on you. Nope. You know, you know, <laughs> no, 100%. <laughs> I have to use my resources, which yep. I, I do have resources. Yep. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. You're a man with a plan, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, so. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome that we, we have you. Um, I do want you to talk a little bit about what you do outside. 
of the Oxford Center. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my wife and I own a barbecue catering business. Love it. Smokehouse, Smokehouse Edge Barbecue. There you go. Um, we've been in business since 2003, and we, we have two concession trailers. Um, the website is www.smokehouseeds.com. No apostrophe after the S. Got it. Uh, and so on our food trucks, we sell barbecue, pulled pork. Uh, we do brisket. Uh, of course, we do ribs, but we also do hamburger. Yep. And we do uh, special events as well as we do open sales. Cool. Yep. And so we do that. And I'm also an accomplished chef. Love it. You, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things I like here about about our team, about Tammy, is that we don't outsource anything. Right. Everybody here works. Yep. If you want to stay here. Right. Now, if you don't <laughs> want to right. stay here, yeah, you, exactly. You, don't work, and it'll work itself leave. out. And so, uh, so for me, the gala that that we had, right. Oxford Kids Foundation. Yeah. Uh, I automatically volunteer because yeah. I know that uh, you know, we're working hard and we're a little short-staffed here and there. Right. But we make up for it. Yep. And so I was tasked with. Uh, with doing the meet for that event. And Tammy made it very clear, Officer Ed, uh, uh, this meet has got to be good because we spent a lot of money on this. <laughs> That's and right. This is, this is high priced, high value, high quality meat. So it's got to be right. Yep. And I said, okay, Tammy. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, we got it from a local uh, butcher in Milford. Milford, uh, what's it called, Carter? You live in Milford. Milford Meats, Milford. I think it's the Milford Butchers. Milford Butchers. Um, awesome. Did a great job. Like, we even. The initial order, once we dressed it, wasn't enough. Literally called them, and within an hour, they had all the rest that we needed, which is 30 pounds of uh, tenderloin. So it's not like we ordered, oh, we need another tenderloin. We ordered an additional 30 pounds, it and they had it, and they were on it. It was, it was uh, uh, conveyed to me that, that this is how much we spent, and this, right. this, this, is, this is it. Yep. And so I put my magic touch on it. Love it. Uh, with the assistance of my wife, and yep. uh, uh, I'm still getting uh, accolades for for Love the meat. I, I mean, I'm just a, I mean, I'm not I'm not a, a executive chef or right. anything, but uh, I know how to cook, and yeah. I was very pleased with it. Love it, especially from you. Yep, because you, you came in you. and you said this is good. You rubbed That's my back. Right. You like this is good. I'm like <laughs> great. And Tammy loved it, so I yep. said. As long as the boss is happy, I'm good. That's right, <laughs> and that's one thing about Oxford that I I really like. That since you mentioned it, is if you have talents, we'll find them. Exactly. And we want you to be able to use those talents. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of people in this building that do all kinds of different things uh, that aren't necessarily their core job. It's, Correct. Oh, I can do that. I can help out there. It's it's not just you know we we ask or need help. It's that people at the Oxford Center literally are willing to help out anywhere they can. Sure. And, uh, mm -hmm. That's Tammy's vision. You know, for this center is to have that that she calls it the Disney World experience. It, it is that. Um, we want everyone to walk in like they're the most important person in the building. We want them to feel that, and, and I appreciate that. So, And absolutely. Tammy always does a great job making, at least me, and I'm sure you guys feel always important and needed. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I have a story, a real quick story. Yep, go for it. Um, we were uh, in Brighton. Mm -hmm. I spent eight hours with Tammy which is the longest I've spent with her, period, since, since I started. Yeah. And the, the, the conversation that we had was just really, just really great. And I said, I got eight hours with you. She's like, you're rare. Right. You usually don't get eight <laughs> hours. And we, and we had eight hours of conversation, yep. just, just sharing ideas and uh, getting her philosophy on things. And, but it was eight hours, Andrew. Yeah. And I will never forget that. Yep. I, I had a, I had a 
her undivided attention, no yep. phone calls, right. no text messages, no emails, nothing. Yep. She, uh, yeah, so it was good. Yep, I get the same thing when I do the, the downtown shows for the chamber. Yes, yeah. That's one of my favorite parts is just spending time with Tammy. And a lot of times Gianna's there. It's like the, mm -hmm. the trio of us. We, we kill those. We do an awesome job. Yeah. But just spending time with, with her and gleaning information and she loves ideas. You know, if you have an idea and solve a problem, she'll never turn down an idea. Um, even if it's not, even if she doesn't like your idea, she wants to listen to it. <laughs> Correct. Tell me your idea. Okay, I don't like that. Let's try this. Okay, sounds good. But she heard my idea. That's yeah, important. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, no, I love her. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a blast. Great. Um, thank you again for watching Talk Talks. Uh, please like and subscribe. We're on every single platform. Uh, we release podcasts every Thursday, um, about 3 o'clock or so, um, on Facebook, YouTube, Pandora, Apple, all the platforms. So uh, feel free to like and subscribe, and we will see you next week.